Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Brian. And this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show, where we get together and talk about our favorite spooky things. And this week, we got a really fun one. It's the one everyone's been waiting for. Last year, we did a Hocus Pocus episode. And this year, the motion picture event of the year, Halloween ends. I'm just kidding. It's Hocus Pocus 2. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to do Hocus Pocus 2. We're going to got the same crew as last year, got back together, and we got to the bottom of that. But Corey was not able to join us, so we wanted to get a quick check in with Corey. I'm How are we doing? Either of them, because I'm a big dummy. Hey, you said it. <laughs> For whatever reason, like my work schedule is always hectic around this time of year, which is is a bummer. It's a bummer because I was definitely sad to miss that one last year, and ditto on this year. But you know, you guys took care of it. Yeah, we get to, we got um, to the bottom of it. Yeah, I'm glad you got to the bottom of it. And I'm glad that I can hop on here a little bit at the beginning and we can chat. But yeah, before we get to that, Brian, mm-hmm. how spooky was your week? Oh, oh, surprise. I was like, yeah, what are you going to ask me? Um, <laughs> it's pretty spooky. What did I see? I saw some movies. I saw I saw Terrifier 2 last weekend. Gross. Gross movie. Uh, really gross. You would hate this movie. Go, don't okay. go to this movie. I, I won't. Uh, the first one has become a cult classic. If anyone's unfamiliar, Art the Clown uh, in Terrifier. And it's just like this, like, really mean spirited, nasty, like hyper gore. You know, you write up your alley uh, sort of movie. <laughs> My kind of thing. <laughs> but but there is a level to it that's just like, this is so ab- out of control that, God damn it, I respect it, you know? And so this is the sequel. I believe helped produced by bloodydisgusting.com. And it's in theaters for one weekend only and that was last weekend and it did very well it got over a million dollars it helped bump top gun 2 out of the top 10 movies of (laughs) so it's it's pretty crazy for a movie that is a sequel to a pretty considerably lower budget movie yeah i i know nothing about this i've never even heard of this when you get a chance just like google art the clown and just like imagine watching two and a half hours of him and that's what <laughs> that's how long this movie was two and a half hours just of- think about it just think about what it might be <laughs> and you're probably right this i have to tell this funny story because when we were at the movie one of the cast members was at this showing that and had a group with her all kind of celebrating her fun time hey we have a friend that's in a movie this group did not look like the type that would be at a movie Terrifier 2. They looked <laughs> very white collar group. Um, <laughs> but they were having fun. They were drinking. And at the end of the movie, the one sitting just to my left looked at over me and was like, do you, do you like this stuff? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I like horror. And he's like, so you don't know anybody in the movie. This you're you're here on your own just to see this. And I was like, well, now you're making me feel a way about it, you know? Like <laughs> So but, you don't know anyone that's in the movie? <laughs> no one forced you here. You <laughs> willingly came to this movie. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um Honestly, it was it was a wild, wild time. I don't think I'll ever seen as anything as largely in a theater or out in a long time as this movie. So that was my spooky week. Also went to Comic-Con. Comic-Con was a lot of fun. Yep. New York Comic-Con, that is. Saw some good spooky stuff. 
met up with Sarah Richard, friend of the show, from our friend of the pod. pod. I also met and shook hands the original illustrator of the Goosebumps books. Amazing. You you hear what I just said? The original illustrator of the Goosebumps books. Like, it was (laughs) fucking wild. And I like, I, I was kind of floored. Turn in the corner, saw his booth, and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's you. <laughs> you know, Mr. Jacobus, I'm sorry. I, I don't think you know. And I like, <laughs> I was flustered. I was like, I don't think you know how formative the you are. responsible for the image on the, 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 the one of the, the egg. Yeah. The, the image of the egg that just like is is literally fried into my brain. So many images. The yeah. monster mask, monster mm-hmm. blood, the thing under the stairs. Welcome to Dead House. I got a print of Welcome to Dead House because that was the one. That was like the it's number one. It's, so the, really it's cool. the egg monster. It's, it's, egg the monster. Little, it's the little monster egg that gets me. <laughs> you, know? you never expect you never expect a monster when you're frying up an egg. I'll tell you that. I, I hadn't been, but now I will be, you know, going <laughs> forward. And the last thing I saw a friend of mine also uh, used to work with me at the movie theater and he did a great commission of Sam from Trick or Treat for me. Probably you. Out there, they're pro trick or treat. You're the real ones, you know. You're the real ones. It's a sad day last week, but <laughs> if you don't follow our Instagram, we ran the poll as was promised in the top ten Halloween vibes, and over the garden wall took it. And, and listen, my people Ryan's did not really struggling with it. <laughs> people did not rock the vote. You know what I mean? <laughs> Big bummer. But hey, I still love you. I, still love you, trick or treat. I'm not even going to say anything because, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Hey. <laughs> uh, how spooky was your week other than the, the over the garden wall victory? Um, yeah, that was a that was a great victory for me. You know, I really left it all out on the court and just like gave it all I had and really proud of taking that one home. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, went to it's went to Spirit Halloween. Had a little spirit Halloween on a Saturday night and it was like popping. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was going to like, I didn't like, think it was going to be super busy, but a lot of people hanging out at spirit Halloween on a Saturday. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So that was a vibe fun for the whole family. Like we love it. And then I've been watching the midnight club. Mm-hmm. We we chat about that a little bit. I'm a few episodes into that, and I I'm loving the "Are You Afraid of the Dark" vibes. Like yeah, those are it strong. really is just like a, a a darker, heavier, more sinister. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> like what was that club called? And are you afraid of the dark? It was are called the the Midnight club? Society, right? Midnight Society. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, it's midnight too, isn't it? Yeah, midnight yeah, society. Midnight society. So I'm I'm enjoying that so far. We should just have a Mike Flanagan review every time he comes uh, out with something new. We should just do like a, an episode, like just rope Connor back in. Yeah, yeah. Spooky uh, Catholics talk. I, I guess midnight club. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I love the spooky Catholic episodes. We need to get more need in to there. That rolling. But yeah, and then also just like working a lot. And I went up into an old haunted lighthouse. Spooky. It's mostly just beautiful, but apparently it's haunted. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. Everyone tells me these places are haunted, but I never get haunted. And I want to get haunted. Yeah. Instead, I I just went up into the lighthouse and I pretended that I was Robert Pattinson. Did you spill your beans? 
Yeah, I I definitely was terrorized by a couple seabirds that happened. The movie's wild. <laughs> that movie is wild. I love that movie so much. And then also Hocus Pocus Two. I watched Hocus Pocus Two. Well, before we we uh, kick off into the actual Hocus Pocus Two episode, what are your quick thoughts? What do you what do you think of Hocus Pocus Two? I really enjoyed it. Um, and we know I am I'm harsh on the reboots. You are. I think they did a very good job. I was, it's Ooh. what I, it's what I want out of reboots. It was a really great balance of being very contemporary, very 2022 of its time. Um, but not so much that it missed the essence of the original that tends to happen in a lot of reboots. Um, and I, I was, I was concerned. I mentioned before I was, I was afraid it was going to get a little too Disneyified. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they did a really nice job. Like, obviously, the first one will always take precedence. Like, it's always going to be its own thing. But the way, the way they ma- made it contemporary, um, I loved how how the movie starts with the background of uh, the Sanderson sisters. Like. Yeah, their history that was great. I I really liked all the the actresses that played the the three teenage girls too, and that was really fun too. The mirroring of like the three witch girls. I yeah, I liked that the focus was was it was about friendship. Like it was really about friendship, and I I love that. I love it. Yeah, we did too. Which you'll hear here soon. Witchy friendship. Like that's always the goal. It's always the goal. <laughs> it really <laughs> is the way. It really is. So yeah, I was I was very I was very happy with it. Um, especially like I said, I went in kind of already ready to be critical, and I I just had a a good time. I had a good time watching. I thought it was funny. Well, that's even more impressive. If you're going in expecting it to be, you know, right? not yeah. even an open mind and it's still. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I was happy. I was, and I, I, I obviously wanted it to be good. Like I always wanted it to be good. I think, it, I think it was the trailer for some reason didn't do it for me. Like the trailer mm. had me concerned. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I like what they're doing here, but, but yeah, that was, I guess, misleading because Turned out to be kind of fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm probably going to watch it again sometime this week. Very, very fun. Very cute. Yeah. I also, I liked that, like I said, the humor wasn't too Disney-ified either. Like, like it's it's legitimately funny. Like, there's some really good Yeah, oh my gosh. The whole, this movie. <laughs> the whole Dwayne Reed bit. Oh, man. Yeah. Was, or Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah I the Walgreens. <laughs> I love the Walgreens. <laughs> But yeah, I approve. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from Corey. I can't remember where we all fall. <laughs> We've <laughs> recorded this episode a week ago. Uh, so we'll see where how it goes. But Corey's two thumbs up. I'm two thumbs up. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to enjoy it. I want to do a back-to-back. I want to do a one right into a two. I and see how that, it goes. Yeah. I think that needs to happen now. Okay. Mm, okay. You got time. We're a Halloween podcast all year round. You can literally do whatever. Sure. I could do it in April if I want. Sure can. Sure can. It's fun telling people, what's your podcast? While it's March, you know, like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not ashamed. I love spooky stuff. Cool. Right on. Well, before we uh, we say goodbye, we got a fun opportunity this week. Fun opportunity. 
fun opportunity, a fun promotion from new friends at Sacred Bones Records, which is the label that John Carpenter is a part of. And it's really cool. I don't know if you knew this, Corey, but as of my time, 48 hours from now, Halloween Ends will be out. We will all have opinions on the, did did Lori live or die? Michael live or die? I don't know yet. I haven't seen it yet, but (laughs) we're going to know on Friday. And the music will also be available on Friday because what is Halloween without John Carpenter's score? John Carpenter and his frequent collaborators, Cody Carpenter and Daniel Davies. Nothing at all. (laughs) If you can't wait to listen to the music, it's going to be available digitally this Friday as well on the 14th. But if anybody like me loves getting vinyl records, uh, the unfortunate bit is, you know, manufacturing delays are a very real thing in the world. And so people won't be able to get their hands on the vinyl until January 20th, 2023. But Sacred Bones is running this really cool promotion that if anyone has already or plans to pre-order the Halloween Ends vinyl soundtrack from the Sacred Bones website, you will be entered into a chance to win, I feel like a magician, limited (laughs) test pressing that you will receive before anybody else, which is rad. Uh, That's VIP shit right there. That's VIP shit. So if you have already purchased your record of Halloween Ends, just email us at happyharvesthorrorshow at gmail.com with proof of purchase, or you can email the proof of purchase to info at sacredbonesrecords.com. And you'll be entered into a chance to win. But if you haven't ordered it, don't worry, there's still time. There's plenty of stock out there. Go to sacredbonesrecords.com, look up Halloween Ends. There's a lot of beautiful pressings available. I went for the art edition, the Blood Twister one, because mm-hmm. man, Blood Twister, you kidding me? A bunch of beautiful options. So put that pre order in and just at the checkout for the promo code, put Happy Harvest Horror Show, all one word. And Boom, you're entered. Hopefully you will get the limited test pressing. The winner of which will be announced on Halloween Day. I think this is so exciting. I'm so thrilled that they reached out to us about this. Yeah, it's super fun. I love it. Me too. Me love too. it. Love some vinyl. Love a little giveaway. It's perfect. What's not to love? Then yeah, what's, what's John Carpenter soundtracks? Like literally what's not to love? This yeah. is the easiest way to get money from me. You put John Carpenter in a record. <laughs> together it's like and then you you slap on something like blood twister like <laughs> I, over it's great stuff so big thank you to our friends at sacred bones and hope you will join in on this fun promotion and can't wait to see halloween ends in hours we are hours away Corey. hours it's pretty wild right near hours all right well anything else before we kick on over to Hocus Pocus 2 in review. Nah, just hope y'all are having a fabulous October, the best of all the months. And yeah, enjoy the episode once again. Sorry for my absence, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure you guys killed it. I'm sure it was, it was great. We'll stay see you spooky. next time then. Yeah. <laughs> stay spooky out there. Uh, but everybody else stick around because we have more than an hour of content ahead of you. <laughs> I know I edited it. So... <laughs> Stick around. So much more. So much more Hocus Pocus 2. So much more Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, so stick around. And last, just one one more time, head over to sacredbonesrecords.com. Pre-order that soundtrack. Even if you don't listen to records. God, it's pretty. Look at that. Blood Twister? You're going to want it on your shelf. Conversation starter. What's that? Oh, that's my limited test pressing that I want. Anyway. (laughs) This is my blood twister. (laughs) This is my blood twister. (laughs) All right. Bye, Corey. We'll see you next time. Let's run an ad break. And we'll see you audience members in seconds. Farewell. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian, and this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show in the best season of the year. And I'm joined by Ned and Caroline. Thank you very much for joining us. You were here with us last year for our Hocus Pocus episode, which is by far our most popular episode. So we knew we had to come back and do a sequel episode. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, doing we're great. just going to launch into a musical number here to celebrate. What was it? The witches are back. The witches are back. <laughs> the song yeah. already left my brain, but yeah. I should have come prepared to perform it. To just do like, we're back instant musical number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think y'all for our sequel? Should we just sort of like, Try to do the same bits. Uh, try to like you know re you know do exactly what we did. Last. Yes, yeah. We're gonna hit the same notes. We're gonna make the same mm-hmm. horny jokes. We're gonna hit the same you know as mm-hmm. last year. Why stray too far out of the box? Can't the fans will revolt. But yeah. hey, before we get into that, I would love just to reintroduce you to mm-hmm. if anyone missed our first episode. You both host your own podcast. Would you like to tell our group about it? Oh, sure. It's called Roll Calling, Roll spelled Mm R-O-L-E. And Ned and I pick an actor we love. We do a little five film mini series sort of about their career. We're currently going through the career of one Mr. Zac Efron. Yeah. Uh, I guess less spooky than wholesome, maybe. (laughs) Has he been any spooky? He was yeah, he oh, was, he was in Firestarter. Firestarter. Okay, but we didn't cover that. So mm. don't come to our podcast expecting Firestarter. <laughs> but if you want like a two and a half hour episode about High School Musical, then boy, do we have something to offer you. Yeah, <laughs> since our first Hocus Pocus episode where we did discuss Kenny Ortega, I've just seen a lot more of his work, at least in the, the three High School Musicals, all of which were new viewings for me on this year's Roll Calling. So we're always introducing each other to treasured works uh such as that um so it's been it's been very fun doing that and doing the the previous series it was antonio banderas before that and mm-hmm. uh meg ryan before him so yeah year two has been has been really fun so far well i love the podcast it's really fun we, we did a you did jamie lee curtis last year this mm-hmm. was a while ago mm-hmm. this is a whole year since that's happened yeah. but just now speak of spooky halloween ends coming out this year are you going back and redoing like new movies that come out from the character actors that you do. So glad you asked. Yeah, we have got a plan to Carolina and I are planning to go see Halloween ends uh, pretty soon. And a uh, little tease here, something we, I don't think we've mentioned on our own podcast yet. No, we breaking are breaking news on happy harvest horror show. We breaking. are thinking of doing a bonus episode just to, just to check back with JLC. See and, how she was after her, her new trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to discuss more of that because we didn't discuss, Brian, you were on our show to discuss Halloween 2018. We haven't so much discussed Halloween kills, um, but yeah, we've got a new, we got a new installment to go over. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait. Big fan of Halloween, the 2018 one, Halloween kills. 
uh, not so much, but no, um, same. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're all on the same page there. Evil yeah. dies tonight. Evil what they said. I mean, Evil I'm a fan of that. Tonight. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of that. It's, that was that a little was hocus cool. pocus too, actually, like a right. whole town <laughs> coming out to chant something. Uh, well, before we go into our hocus pocus two, it's a tradition uh, at the Happy Harvest Horror Show. We start every episode by asking how spooky was your week. So, Ned, you're above me. So we'll start with you. How spooky has your week been? Um, it's been pretty decently spooky. I mean, it's October, baby. Like the, the <laughs> let the spooky times roll. Uh, so the Halloween decorations are starting to be out. Uh, my walks after dark are starting to feel spookier and spookier with the the crackle of leaves under my feet. I watched a a film called Werewolves Within mm-hmm. on an airplane flight this weekend. Um, either of you ever see that one? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not. It's not perfect. I mean, it's actually like. Can honestly say, like, honestly, maybe not a great movie, but I had so much fun the whole time watching it. That's another Sam Richardson yeah. film. He's the star of that one, him and Milana Weintraub. And yeah, they're really cute and I love werewolves. So yeah, that was fun. And then I got to see A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which I had seen before, but a, a horror movie. Or is it a horror movie? This I time I thought yeah. this time I thought to myself, structurally, this feels most like a romance, rom- romantic dramedy. But even though one of the characters doesn't sort of realize he's in a horror movie, the other one is definitely like the monster of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very sort of interesting, unique film. And I got to see it in a movie theater, the Music Box Theater in Chicago, oh. which was a really, really cool experience to see it. And uh, yeah, they played all these sort of like 70s, like B-horror trailers before, like Scream, Blackula Scream and Daughters of Darkness. And uh, the room was just very energetic. So yeah, I've been having a fun, spooky week. Leaving Chicago, moving to New York is the one thing I miss the most is the Music Box Theater, because there's oh, nothing yeah. in the city like the Music Box. It's it's a perfect little theater. It's um, a really special, special space and community. I really miss it. I miss it so much. So Caroline, how spooky was your week? Okay, I would say my week was medium spooky, but 10 out of 10 autumnal. Okay. I feel like the weather really hit the fall. We really got the fall weather hard, like late September, early October. So I've been doing my little fall walks. I went to Target thinking I would maybe buy one sweater or one jacket. And Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants style, like (laughs) every jacket I tried on fit me perfectly. So now I have like 12 more jackets. Whoa. Huge autumn wardrobe. I lit my first candle of the season. So I'm enjoying that right now. I threw on my This Is Us playlist, which is all like 70s folk, which somehow felt autumnal in in vibe. So I think this week especially, I'm really, really embracing the fall of it all and really enjoying that. I love that. Any pumpkin spice lattes? Or Not do you, yet. Do you enjoy a pumpkin spice latte? I do, although sometimes it's bad. I feel like I have been shamed into being embarrassed to order them, so mm. I need to I need to overcome that ingrained uh, societal shaming. Yeah. <laughs> not That's here, fair. not not by us. I mean, okay. I think w- this is a safe space. To yeah, love. thank you so <laughs> you much. Can like I'll, them need, here. I'll need one of you to come with me to order my. <laughs> well, Caroline, PSL. you know I've I've got that massive Starbucks gift card. So yeah, I'm happy to make that an outing sometime Great. soon. Hit me up. Grande PSL uh, half pumps. That's my preferred order. And I don't want pumps? it too sweet. Okay. Admittedly, I've only had one Starbucks PSL this year. And it was mm. so watered down. It oh. like, made me like second guess. Like, did I ever like it? Uh-oh. You know? And then I went to <laughs> get a Dunkin' Donuts down. one. And the Dunkin' is like flavor blasted. You know, they like really, oh. they hit it. 
And I'm like, okay, no, it was, it was watered down. So, Mm. um, it's the best time of the year on my end. I, speaking of candles, I made some spooky candles. They've been working on it for a few months. Did you say made? I made, look at this. I know uh, what I'm showing it on our little camera for all our audio listeners. And it's a scary slash adorable. It's jack-o'-lantern head. It's beautiful. I'm going to try to find a way to make more and find a way to sell them to anyone who would like them listening. Uh, but in the meantime, it my place now smells like autumn leaves and fall apple harvest, which are the two scents that have to go into that candle. And so it's in the walls. <laughs> right. Um, I'm I'm so impressed right now. It was uh, I it was like a, on a whim this summer. I'm like, that'd be a fun project to do. And then I realized what I had stepped into and realized people make <laughs> a whole business of this because it's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate a good fall candle so much more now after having made one myself movie wise too i this was a few weeks ago but i i can't stop talking about it did anyone see barbarian in no but no, i've I'm, heard so many good things so. i might be seeing it tomorrow i like oh i won't spoil anything if you go in yeah. unspoiled that's like peak way to see it mm-hmm. uh, spooky airbnb is what i would say to get you in the theater mm-hmm. and and that's all i'll say other than it was like the most like enjoyably surprising movie I've seen in a while. Um, I, I did stay in an Airbnb this weekend and I did think I've heard spooky Airbnb and I was a moment of me locking the door at night and thinking, what if spooky Airbnb? <laughs> what if this one turns out spooky? Wait, wait, maybe this is it. Yeah, it didn't happen, but yeah, it does feel like the trend. I feel like half of the horror movie descriptions I read nowadays are like, oh, no, an Airbnb has been double booked or ooh, something crazy is happening at an Airbnb. It's yeah, it's it's in the zeitgeist for sure. And I bet because I remember like the rental of last year, Dave Cranko mm-hmm. did that. Mm. Uh, but I can't remember in the rental if if all these movies, do they dance around the word Airbnb or if they like just use Good like rental? Question. This movie, Barbarian, it's full on an Airbnb. It's like, an sponsored by Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. I bet so, not. Yeah. Um, that's how much it's in the, the cultural awareness. It's just like, oh, yeah, Airbnb. But is that that's that's the best horror you've seen in a little while? I think so. I mean, it's been a good year for original horror, you know, mm-hmm. that like we got Nope. Have you seen Nope? This, this oh, Nope yeah. was, a, was a blast. Nope freaked me out. I haven't seen it yet, but Smile in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. It's getting surprisingly decent reviews. Yes. Um, so it now feels like it's on my list. I got to see. And then we got uh, even more stuff coming out soon. Pearl was cool. Um, X even for this year. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. year for original horror, I feel. Cool. Uh, but Barbarian was the one that made me like my whole audience when I saw it opening weekend, we were like screaming. <laughs> like oh. I've never been in a theater where people like yell and surprise. That's really fun. Oh. That was fun. That sounds cool. Um, yeah, it was a big, big, big fun. Let's uh without further ado, let's let's get into some hocus pocus. Let's do it. Okay, hocus pocus two. Last year we got together full year ago and talked mm-hmm. about this movie that we've seen every year on ABC family. We were very, uh, very familiar with it. We went through, talked about our love, our, our surprising critiques and all this different stuff. And now we have a very different discussion because this is the first time any of us have seen Hocus Pocus. I only watched mm-hmm. it once. Did we all watch it once. I yeah. watched it one time, one time. So it's going to be a very different conversation. I feel inherently because we're less familiar with it, but I think yeah. it'd be fun to do the same structure. And I think it'd be fun just to start off with like, First impressions. What do we all think? Did it live up to the hype of a Hocus Pocus 2? You want to start, Ned, or you want me to start? Uh, do you have a strong... <laughs> I, I, I'm struggling to find like a clear take here. Why don't you... Why don't you well, maybe that is the take. I would say this movie was like a really charming, enjoyable watch. 
that I couldn't really describe in much detail one day after watching it, but I, mm-hmm. that I had a perfectly enjoyable time watching. Yeah. And I think more importantly, like what else was this movie ever going to be? Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. people are like, we want a Hocus Pocus too. In what world is there a different version of Hocus Pocus 2 than this movie that's like very charming, very low key, relies on nostalgia, is hitting the is hitting the nostalgic beats again and is in and out. And that's all it is, you know? Yeah, it really did hit the same similar beats, but just in a, a 29 years later, you know, mm-hmm. we had this still fish out of water jokes. But this time, 29, you know, like you know, Walgreens, Walgreens. Yeah. exactly. It, it definitely Instead of a vacuum, it's a Roomba, you know, that mm-hmm. we're flying around on. Yeah, and... it definitely is a Hocus Pocus, The Force Awakens situation <laughs> where they're like, how about what worked before? We just do it again. Do it again. And I agree that, like, that's a fine thing to do. I think if we want to get into it, I could talk about some things that I'm like, I wish they had this. I wish they had that. but. I don't really beef with them having done what they did here. You know, they, 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 you know, fulfilled the mandate of the project, I think, pretty, pretty soundly. They, they played the hits, which is always, I mean, it's a safe thing to do, but it's safe for a reason. Like it works. It's fun to see them play the hits again. I agree. And because they're good hits, it's good fun jokes that like the three witches that speak in old timey, you know, New England all running around (laughs) trying to figure out, especially in this movie, because in the first Hocus Pocus, everyone, the town of Salem just loved Halloween. I feel like in this Mm -hmm. one now people Mm -hmm. very much love the Sanderson sisters, the Sanderson sisters and the the I guess even just the the practice of witchcraft that like everyone's Mm -hmm. very positive and practicing it. And in fact, that's the catalyst of the. Sanders sisters coming back as mm-hmm. these two women that bring them back and mm-hmm. unexpectedly mm-hmm. performing their own ritual. So like that was like another layer of like, I felt like in the first one, they were very much the villains of the story. And this one, I thought they were very much like, wow, this is cool. I, but I still want to be more powerful. I want to be, mm-hmm. be bigger than, than this town has already made us. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. They're, Which, yeah. I, they're, they're, enjoyment of being adored i think was quite a good joke that one of one of the ways you could derail them was just to be like well we idolize you and they would get so distracted that then they would just kind of believe whatever you said yes yeah that was a cool angle to have becca and izzy our two teenage protagonists like initially sort of disarm or, or or like uh defer the Sanderson sisters who come back and are basically like, ah, some children, let's eat them right now. And they sort of swerve them away by saying, no, we are also witches. We admire you. You are like icons to us. And it does feel like, you know, I don't want to suggest they didn't bring anything new to the table because they did in in some key ways. And, and that thing you're talking about, Brian, of them, of it not just being a town that loves Halloween, but a town that loves the Sanderson sisters feels like that can only happen when Hocus Pocus exists and sort of occupies mm-hmm. the place in culture that right. it does. You know, this is definitely like it has some fun in that way, sort of meta acknowledging how beloved the original property is. And sort of, you know, you even have like two, I don't know, us generation guys watching Hocus Pocus one in the in this movie in a sort of peculiar moment, but an exclusively but, gay moment. <laughs> an exclusively, yes, yes. 
Um, yeah, the, here is some uh, a moment where I said, "Ah, more heroic gay representation from Disney." <laughs> Two point five seconds of uh, one guy leaning on another guy's shoulder while they watch a movie, um, and just a very sort of strange, like fourth wall breaking. But but it does actually feel like that betokens the relationship that this movie has with the original Hocus Pocus, which is sort of held up as like we all love that, and that's why I mean I keep coming back to the Force Awakens comparison. Like it's that same thing. It's like this love letter to the original beloved franchise. Although obviously Star Wars occupies a significantly different place in uh, in pop culture than Hocus Pocus one does. But <laughs> well, I think it's not only a different place in pop culture. I would say. I think it's an apt comparison, but I think Hocus Pocus is no A New Hope. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We all love Hocus Mm -hmm. Pocus because it's fun and nostalgic and it feels warm and cozy. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and I, I like, I think if you're analyzing Hocus Pocus, hopefully this is what we said last year. I didn't go back and re-listen to our episode, but like, there's a limit to the, you know, artistic integrity of Hocus Pocus as a film. We're enjoying it for all its weirdnesses and its flaws and how freaking annoying that main teen boy is. And, you know, how there's like no third act and, and all of these flaws make it very lovable. I think with Hocus Pocus 2, you are seeing the same movie, but you're seeing the same movie with no nostalgia for it. So the flaws become a little more obvious than they are when you're like, oh, I remember watching this when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a little more... The veil is lifted and we all must contend with the limits of what the Hocus Pocus franchise can (laughs) offer us. Yeah, down to like new musical numbers. When you're hearing it for the first time, it's like, oh, I haven't. This is new. Right. It's not familiar. You know, it feels like that's familiar. That's there's one question I had throughout this movie was all about a kind of continuity and about there's there's meta acknowledgments of the original movie. I mean, the, the movie shows up on a TV screen at one point in the movie. I'm also just wondering on a, like a, a character level and plot level, did, did the town remember other than Gilbert? Does anyone else remember the, the Sanderson sisters coming back or is it just like heightened the you know lore of the town that has mm-hmm. been more so over the years or you, did you know what I mean? That like, I can't, yeah. I could never pick out like, I know Gilbert's holding on to this, but everyone else is seems much more into the Sanderson sisters since the first movie. So I'm wondering is like, like, where did that come from? Yeah. I would say I, the the sense that I got is that, like, probably a lot of people in the town, they never really interacted with the main plot of the first movie, right? Like, they saw the Sanders Without being bewitched, perform, yeah. They were all the- but they wouldn't have realized what was happening except for the few people that might have seen the witches fly through the sky, as Gilbert did. Right. Maybe there was something about that performance. If I put a spell on you was so good. Everyone was just like, we have to now <laughs> re-honor these amazing Sanderson sisters. Yeah, who in that's, our that... minds were just like costumed performers at an event we went to, maybe. Right. That's exactly what I'm curious about. If it, it, it beyond Gilbert, did anyone acknowledge that they had come back? Because I feel like in the town, why would they be as more obsessed with the sisters than in the first movie? Just so you know, Ned has had technical difficulties and had to drop out. I think, but he will be back. Uh, like a does that happen to a character in this movie i was gonna say like uh hannah waddingham but she never comes back so hopefully ned will what a waste too what a great actress to like then just i don't know to just disappear yeah that was a very strange a very strange choice the witches are back the what was the tune of the song the witches are back 
We talking about the musical numbers? Yeah. Well, can anyone remember the tune? I was going to sing it now that you're back, which we kind of half acknowledged the that you went away. Back. The witches are no, back. I don't know it. Right? The... Is it? It all just left our brains. The witch. Uh, the witches are back. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> the other song was one way or another. One way or another. That's what it was. But I don't remember the tune of the witches are back, even though we heard it two times. Mm-hmm. Well, we before Ned, before you dropped out, we were talking about just musing on how aware the town is or if they are aware at all that the witches were there at all 29 years ago. Well, so it's supposed to be no, right? Like nobody except for Gilbert. Right. I would suspect there are other people like Gilbert who might have seen them and been like, what was that about? But didn't Mm -hmm. know much detail. Yeah. But the, but the movie, you know, doesn't confirm for us any, I agree that probably somebody, although there's, I guess there's a question of like, all the parents were dancing at City mm-hmm. Hall and all the kids were hypnotized and somehow Gilbert, I don't know. Yeah, how did Gilbert get left out on that one? I don't know. Maybe that was before the hypnosis spell. Also, I guess like... These are the plot holes that hyper fans are going to find. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, we spent our whole life, childhoods watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. But... I would say the movie for me was lacking a bit of Thackeray Banks energy like that mm. i can, really can't overemphasize how much thackeray banks is like right up there with the sanderson sisters as yes. a cornerstone of og hocus pocus of what me. makes hocus pocus hocus pocus exactly you your spooky creature you know yeah yeah and i respect that the movie did not like tear him away from his heaven <laughs> that he mm-hmm. got to be in with his sister yeah. but i was missing a little bit of that extra magical element to go alongside with the witches uh, and I agree it was that. It was an extra magical element. I, I recall sort of expressing last year that I enjoy all the things that we think of as hocus pocus. Like they really are pulled from sort of different corners of the, I don't know, spooky arcana world. Like you got a zombie, you got a magic book, you got a talking cat, uh, you got witches. Um, and I wish that they had sort of continued that tradition. Mm. Added they a mummy. Agreed. Added a mummy, added a werewolf, added some skeletons. A vampire or something. Something. Yeah. Uh, and I think taking out Thackeray Binks means not only do we not really add any new ones, but we had one less sort of like yes. Halloween universe thing. And it also, forgive me if you said this while I was off mic, but um, Thackeray Binks also is sexy. And kind of all the sexiness, I feel, went out of this movie. That's like Hocus yeah. Pocus 1. I think we said a lot last year is like a really horny movie. (laughs) Ned, something I think about, I swear to God, every single day is on our last year's Hocus Pocus record. You were just trying to describe (laughs) the levacious energy with which the bus driver approached (laughs) the the three Sanderson sisters. And you described it as him saying, come on, I'll fuck all three of (laughs) you. That line of you saying that runs through my head like truly every day for the past year. Yeah, which well, yeah, it was one of the things we said we were looking most forward to in the second one, hoping hoping they were going to keep that energy with this. And I agree, without a sexy Thackeray Binks cat, we don't we don't have that as much. <laughs> without without, without a sexy, sexy Thackeray literal Binks, cat, which look, a he's a cat, cat, but he's got a sexy energy. Like there's no denying it. All that the way voice, through. yeah, it's he's doing a lot of the heavy voice. heavy lifting. And life. you don't have you don't have horny as hell, Max. You don't really have even the Sanderson. I mean, there's all these people who are like, hey, Sanderson sisters, there's the bus, there's the devil. They are a little bit hornier. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of gone out. It feels like that's not really like maybe Disney's like, no, 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 no. It's nah, more nah. sanitized. I quite like the very lampshady meta joke of uh, Gilbert telling the Sanderson sisters yes. story and a very small child being like, what's a virgin? Which I yes. think is the classic hocus pocus story of that mm-hmm. being the first time so many children are introduced to the word virgin. I guess if you aren't Catholic and grow up hearing about the Virgin Mary, but I I quite liked the acknowledgement that that is an awkward conversation many parents and children have had over Hocus Pocus. Loved that bit. To be honest, with the sanitized version, I'm surprised they still kept Same. the virgin angle. I thought you know? that was a little edgy. And even made a joke about it. And he said that a virgin is someone who hasn't lit a candle. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that. I, I also laughed at the follow-up when he said, I couldn't light a candle because it wouldn't work. And they said, why? <laughs> and he just gives a face like, well, <laughs> you go, oh, so, so yeah, early on, it gave me hope that maybe we were going to go there, but largely no. It just wasn't interested in doing. I don't like. It doesn't feel as much. Well, I'm trying to say, I'm like, did they feel like they sanded it off, or like it just wasn't interested in those things? Um, and I think the answer is probably both, because mm-hmm. you bring in new sort of protagonist heroes who just don't have a romance angle. Yeah, because they're doing something else. Her her little boyfriend who felt very underdeveloped, underdeveloped. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But what I mean is, there isn't a central romantic tension in the leads like there is, and then it feels like the Sanderson sisters as sort of like sex symbols, uh, or or something like that. That has kind of like gone out of the film and been, and that is a thing that feels where it was sort of stripped from their personalities. Mm -hmm. Not that it was fundamental, but clearly we all picked up on it and talked about it a lot last year. So (laughs) that's missing too. I did quite like Sarah Jessica Parker having to contend with the idea that she might not have to lure children with her little kind of semi-sexy song and being like, Mm -hmm. well, that was really all I contributed. So (laughs) enjoyed the luring. I thought that was a good joke. That like existential moment of her. Mm-hmm. Then what she I said, am. It's, it's to give me pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think what is most important about Hocus Pocus 2 is that it serves our returning witches really well. And it lets them all shine. I think it probably does that to the detriment of like basically everything else. But if you're gonna somehow have to choose what you're prioritizing, like I would rather have a fun, good time with. Kathy and Jimmy and Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, then, you know, right. A fully developed teen storyline, I guess. I agree. I, yeah. I agree as well. And D- Doug Jones too with Billy. Yeah, We've got a true. lot more mm-hmm. Billy action and talk from the get go. He was talking, which kind of shocked me a bit, you know, maybe too much talking. Billy. Maybe doing a British accent, which confused me because they weren't yeah. from New England. Cause yeah, Billy but they Lawrence were, they were Puritan at all. And that's his like, work it's doesn't charm, he you know doesn't he have a british accent on like his one line after he cuts open his mouth in the first movie i had this impression it's, Doug impression. jones would it's, know he would have done his research it's a yeah he would know and it, you know it's also the like puritans who were settlers you know i feel like they do a thackeray binks is like half british too true mm-hmm. but the witches aren't british no because they didn't want to do british accents <laughs> that was probably like i won't be doing that <laughs> they were like okay great I think it's very charming how committed all three of them and Doug Jones are oh, to yeah, come back to this thing that was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they did and had fun doing, but had no idea it was going to become a defining project of their lives and that yeah. they all came back and felt equally committed as super charming. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. Yes. That, it was fun I, watching them have a lot of fun. And if they'd had a, a situation, <laughs> maybe it's just the 
Sarah Jessica Parker make you think of the Sex and the City reboot that one of them didn't come mm. back for? Kim Cattrall, maybe? Yeah. If they'd had that situation with one of them, then the movie should not have gone forward. Or yeah, they right. should have done a completely True. different thing. But I'm really glad that all three of them were interested. And I agree. It seems like they like throwing the costumes back on and doing the bits again. They're so it, happy to do it. It feels slightly like the energy from them is down. And I just wonder if that's a realistic... If realistically, that's just like a necessary side effect of them being 30 years older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite a job. That's actually oh. crazy. <laughs> it is crazy for them to go back and play like they're playing the characters. But and I guess that's not entirely unheard of, though it is rare. But usually when you get something like that, it's like now the characters transition to be a different role. Like mm-hmm. That's the, the Force Awakens thing. Yeah, exactly, right, exactly, exactly. They're just playing the same characters same the same <laughs> way. And that is really funny and strange. And so I, I respect that. I did wonder that in since they are playing the exact same characters, only 30 years older, mm-hmm. um, I wondered if, if that was on purpose of avoiding any sort of age like reversal, because mm. that was very much a their core focus of the first one was souls of children to de-age. And now we have a situation where they're 30 years older. That's interesting. And they're more like, we have to get this blood and do this spell or whatever. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I think maybe they're also like, maybe some of this is the movie trying to like the lack of sexuality and the almost like satirical acknowledgement of like the, beauty industry yeah. <laughs> is the movie trying to be a little more modern with maybe how we're thinking about presenting women not that it has some great thesis about that but it's a little more like oh let's make a joke about how we have all these beauty serums to try to recapture youth is that not the same thing that these you know which sure, sure. we're trying to do yeah i think that's one of a number of ways in which subtly but like with clear intention the movie is modernizing and adapting i mean Mm -hmm. you know familiar and recognizable way of just being like let's cast let's just have more women and more people of color in the cast Mm -hmm. um but yeah they do they like do get into a whole like witches are persecuted women thing you know most Mm -hmm. notably like the like 17th century prologue of hocus pocus one is about the witches terrorizing innocent people and the 17th century prologue of hocus pocus 2 is about you know the sort of like impossible situation that girls were put in and there's Mm -hmm. there's just lots of things like that that run through it there are some weird ones i find the sort of thread about i sort of tie this in but billy butcherson's like we were not in a relationship we just kissed once and that becoming like a plot runner i was like i'm not sh- sure how well this landed but but it did feel like they were interested in exploring some of those ideas and you mm-hmm. know still leaning into maybe leaning more explicitly something that i think fans would have had fun taking out of the first one the sort of like there's just this is female solidarity and power, but they, they make that a little bit more explicit with the, the Hannah Waddingham, which in the first mm-hmm. thing, I like the angle where Gilbert is like, Oh, well they weren't really bad. They were just misunderstood, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is something that any one of us would assume about anyone who has been list- who has been labeled a witch throughout history. will say, Oh, they weren't, that wasn't really bad. That was sex persecution. But then, like he's wrong, and they, and they are come evil. back, and they're actually <laughs> that's that's still fun to me. They, I, I liked that too. I was expecting 
the plot of this movie to be like Hannah Waddingham is the new villain and the Sanderson sisters are going to somehow team up with the town and like be more good guys. And I was actually Mm -hmm. kind of impressed. The movie just keeps them, you know, the same level of evil basically as they were in the first one, like less the luring children thing, but there's never a moment where it's like, actually they're the good guys. No, they're, 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 they're likable, but they are, they do have fully malicious intent Mm -hmm. and they, they must be stopped. And they're also like well-rounded characters. I feel like, the first one, they were fun, the cute three different archetypes. But mm-hmm. in this one, especially by the resolution of this one, they were very much objectives beyond their just malicious goals. And that was like staying together, you know, that, that yeah. was put in, which I thought was really the prologue. I think it was really fun. I really liked the prologue. I thought the, the three little, kids. the actors, the kids that got to play them were did great jobs getting their mm-hmm. little idiosyncrasies yeah. of like young bat miller you know with the yeah. hands mm-hmm. and then yes yeah the was, and young uh young fun. mary young kathy najimi just had the voice down like perfect i thought they were really, really good when i have to admit though when i watch things like that where it's a very specific child performance mimicking an adult which this is how i also felt about the adam project where a kid does a really good young ryan reynolds oh, like great for them but think about the dozens of children who like spent hours preparing their Bette Midler impressions for all of the callbacks they were going through and then didn't get the part. <laughs> that could be a whole that's like Disney Plus show. Yeah, but that's like, that's that's child actors anyway. It's just one facet True. of like But just imagine horrible. like, the, you know, a kid actor and the mom sitting there and they're like, you're not getting the hand movements of Bette, right? We're gonna watch Hocus Pocus again. We're putting beaches back on. Oh, God. <laughs> So oh kudos to that young actor, but I'm sorry to everyone else that auditioned. Uh, last year, going through the Hocus Pocus episode, we just kind of went through the movie and sure. talked about our favorite bits. I think that'd be kind of, we're already there with the prologue right now mm-hmm. with the old 1653 Salem, mm-hmm. the young sisters. Yeah. Uh, child acting, uh, <laughs> audition woes aside. Um <laughs> It was fun that they found a way to utilize the village again um, mm-hmm. from the first movie. Did um, you say last year that that was built for built Hocus for the Pocus movie. and it still just exists? Still there. I love that. That's really Pioneer fun. Village is what it's called now. But it's oh, yeah, cute. Hocus Pocus Village is what we will think of it as. <laughs> this is such a tiny detail, but can I say I loved the spooky Disney logo? Oh, yeah, that was fan. fun. That yeah, was it's largely, which was, I feel like, emulated throughout the whole movie. I loved how much proof was in the pudding that disney is embracing spooky mm-hmm. in a ways that like when we were kids this and like nightmare before christmas was largely halloween like time. yeah i guess we made it but we're not gonna like embrace it mm-hmm. and now every halloween disney world is like completely redone mm-hmm. over with nightmare before christmas and they're doubling down on hocus pocus by getting oh, this so i love to go to one of those halloween festivals at walt disney world i bet those are hella fun boogie boogies bash <laughs> exactly like it's, I believe it's a full is what it's called yeah, I, I I was being demure, but I do know that. And the reason is I, I <laughs> accidentally clicked. Well, not accidentally, but I made the, the maybe in a larger sense, the mistake of clicking on one reel on Instagram for this person in an Ernesto de la Cruz from Coco cosplay thing. And now I just am getting pushed mm-hmm. infinite Oogie Boogie's bash content <laughs> on Instagram. All it takes like, is one. Nonstop. Yeah. But yeah, I like the normal Disney logo, like. It shows the castle and then it pulls away and it shows you like a little boat and a little train. And this one, like the music turns, the light turns. And I think the most specific detail I enjoy is that like it goes to a different little part of the world that ends up in like a nasty little like swamp. You're still looking at the castle, but it's spooky. And I was like, yeah, give me, give me a whole 
Disney universe that like needs this logo. The whole Disney like <laughs> spooky verse. I, I think I can't great. get enough. I think it's great. I think we're getting more. I mean, just this year on Disney Plus, we also got uh, a werewolf story um, from Marvel, right? Werewolf, yeah, werewolf by, night. by night comes out this week. And this that comes like, out this week, man. I haven't mm-hmm. heard about that since the like announcement of it. Which well, it's I heard coming, about. baby. We yeah. might be in a Disney spooky renaissance coming up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I the think the Scarlet Witch, that was real scary. Oh, Most yeah. Recently. yeah, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. I liked that. I was a fan of how spooky that was. But we're talking think- about Hocus Pocus 2. No more Marvel. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, so we're in the village. We kind of get the origin of why these three six sisters stick together. Um, mm-hmm. and-, and it does a nice job sort of setting up, okay, our central theme is going to be that they're sisters. They don't want to be separated. The world's against them. Mm-hmm. can only rely on each other. That kind of thing, you know, not the most in-depth ideas, but I think it feels like, okay, they're like establishing something right off the bat. Yeah. And patriarchy exists. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And we and get, Puritans uh, suck. Puritans <laughs> suck. We get that. I already know, but yeah. Hammered in real well. And we meet both John Pritchett, which will come back in a later way in the real world or the modern day world. And then we also meet Mother Witch, what we were talking about earlier, played by Hannah Waddingham. Which was such a joy when she showed up. I was like, I had, I didn't even know she was in this movie, and it was, it was just thrilling. I thought she was like a really fun, magical, spooky fairy godmother that like gave them this book, and then she disappeared. Very no more. Strange. I was yes. waiting for her to come back the entire movie. I guess kind of that bird flies in at the end, but it's Hannah never comes back. She's in and out. No. Yeah. But, but she is the bird. Yeah. Yes, she yes. is the bird. I also think this didn't occur to me until I was rereading the Wikipedia synopsis after watching the movie. But my guess is that part of the reason she tells the young Sanderson sisters don't use that whatever it is, Magicka maximum spell that makes you all powerful. Because mm-hmm. she's like, don't use that one. And then separately, she's like, oh, you need a coven. And they're like, where's your coven? And she's like, I don't have one. So I was mm. wondering if maybe, as happens later in this film, oh. she used that herself, and that was where her, why oh. her coven disappeared. Although That's this feels like it's setting up, like if that is what they meant, that feels like then she was supposed to come back at the end and you know tie that all together, or that should be more relevant somehow. That is, I had not thought about that at all. And that I heard this movie really had some reshoots. I wonder if she was supposed mm. to come back and she got reshot out. Interesting. Maybe. I would not be surprised. It felt like there was a lot of things that got set up and then never quite paid off down to like 15 minutes of screen time devoted to tony hale trying to get yes. a candy apple with yes. no payoff the most the most i guess we'll come to it later on but but tony hale to me is the most like what was this thread for like clearly it was supposed to wrap up it was something else yeah with the connection to john pritchett yeah he was the younger Mm-hmm. going through and we had the the later on we need the blood of the enemy and turns out it was the young girl yeah I, that was another setup that i thought was working in a fun hocus pocus way is because mm-hmm. there's there's fun like inverses of what we think from the first movie like this this kind of adult figure that's in charge the mayor isn't like denying anything in fact he's the biggest fan of it he just wants yeah. a candy apple he loves halloween <laughs> we get yeah. that True. We get like the what would be the normal like jock boyfriend and set is just very like naive and like mm-hmm. 
and poor guy just keeps walking into situations that he can't fathom and, and, mm-hmm. and handle yeah. it anyway. Another uh, privilege bro going on a learning about privilege journey, which is something we've been talking about a lot with the Zac Efron movies lately. But oh, his yeah. little like, I have so many people I need to apologize to. <laughs> I just learned what offending people is. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, There's a whole little bit of like learning what making fun of people really is, and he's like, yes. "Oh, I, I've been doing that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, there's there's a couple of examples, or there's fun inverses from the first mm-hmm. movie, but but they are forgot. There's no resolution, you know. And I mean, I guess I think back to Hocus Pocus one. Did we ever get a resolution to like Ice and what's his name, <laughs> the other bully? J T-bone, J and maybe. Ice. Oh, Jay, where did I get T Bone from? Tifo is probably probably an analogous character from some yeah. other Disney movie. Because, I mean, they were largely just left in the cage in the house. Mm-hmm. And we even, like, I guess they did even come back and see, oh, yeah, they're still in the cage. And, mm-hmm. like, the movie ends. But they we didn't even then. get that in this movie. Coming back, you know? <laughs> they're not Gilbert, being... <laughs> Gilbert has their skeletons up. <laughs> yeah, the right? <laughs> they're not being alive in this movie is canonical confirmation <laughs> that they died in the last one. I was hoping the shoes would make uh Easter egg appearance. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Because the, the shack was like, he was holding on to so many things. I hope, I just wanted like one little book, like a box mm-hmm. of other things he was holding on to. And the really they cool could have were. done more Easter eggs for the specific plot. They clearly made a decision to be like, we're going to bring back the Sanderson sisters and the stuff that is directly adjacent to them. Right. But any of the teen hijinks from the first movie, like, I feel like we all sort of expected like at least some reference to mm-hmm. Max and Danny and Allison right. and uh, no, they've been or, 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 or Jay and ice. And they've, they've all been pretty much like scrubbed from the record. Like no one knows them in this movie. They're not around. They're uh, not even I, acknowledged. Yeah. No. I think there was originally a version of the script that intended to have Thora Birch as Danny back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but there was that, a schedule, scheduling yeah, she conflict. Didn't end up coming back, obviously. Oh. Um, yeah. But at some point they were considering it. But I think you're right, Ned, that once they that couldn't work out, they were like, OK, let's make it a little more of its own thing, I guess. And I wonder if that is like, a you know, a top down decision to say, look, let's not make this a sequel. You need to see the original four. Like we'll yeah, put in that could be mm-hmm. we'll put in some little callbacks for the longtime fans. My favorite is when uh, Mary calls a car like a very short bus. I like that, because- too. Because they only wrote on a bus in the first movie. I was like, oh, that's a nice, that's a good, subtle little callback. And there are there are other little fun things like that. But but they made a decision clearly where, like, this isn't going to have tons of references to the plot of the first one. It has some in order to keep the Sanderson sisters in. But but I think they've made it like, we don't want people going like, wait, who's Max? Who's Danny? Mm-hmm. Right. Leave them out. And largely, most of the time, I'm of the mind that, too much fan service and like uh, you know studio hamming mm-hmm. with easter eggs can like all right we'll just keep the movie going let's keep going i think yeah. this is one of those movies where i feel like we really would have welcomed more of it mm-hmm. um just because it, it solely exists because we're all fans of this quirky movie from 93 you know that like mm-hmm. it's not like a um this you know original indiana jones that like everyone universally acknowledges there's a great movie and so when the new it comes out we get oh yeah there's the whatever mm-hmm. easter egg this one i feel like survived only because everyone loved it um and kept watching it every year so i think easter eggs would have been like yeah that's exactly what we wanted mm-hmm. to watch you know i think they're trying to do it a little bit with the sam richardson character gilbert who like mm-hmm. is the mega fan and ostensibly mm-hmm. was there in 1993 even if yeah. it was you know that's a, a retcon for this movie they're trying to tie it in that way just without the 
the plot specifics. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I suppose so. Maybe they said the only one we want back is Thora Birch and we can't have her. So maybe that's maybe that, <laughs> that is the one I wanted back. Yeah, you, know? you know, especially after Yoko's Focus One. Omri Katz uh, is saying, Do you want Max back? And they're like, um No, it's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, keeping the movie going, mm-hmm. we're uh, we learn about Mother Witch. Don't cast that one spell. Um, I wonder if they'll cast that one spell. I love in this Wikipedia synopsis. It also says the last sentence: Mother Witch also teaches the sisters to kill other children to keep their youthfulness. <laughs> I was like, I missed that lesson in the movie, but yeah, uh, that's. I don't think she actually does do that, but I guess. I guess that's a Wikipedia author saying, well, it's implied they left it somewhere. <laughs> I think she has some line where she's like, oh, that's how I stay so youthful, doesn't she? Oh, she does, yeah. yeah. And I guess there is a spell in the book, and that's how they get the... But I don't know, because the song that she's singing is the same one that Sarah Jessica Parker sings later. Mm-hmm. That was See, I think she was luring them to kill them, but then when she realized they were inherently witches themselves, then she switched over to mentoring them. Totally. Yeah. Yes. So I'm wondering, yeah. So I guess that's that's the implied after this meeting, there were more interactions with the Mother mm, Witch. Interesting question. Because, yeah, because that, that, otherwise, how, how would the song do. have passed down to... Well, you know. and, and also there's this thing where they, like, refer to Mother in the first movie, and maybe mm. in this one as well, and I took it to mean the Mother Witch, the sort of mother figure because there is no reference in their Salem life to mother being around at all. They're only mm-hmm. talking about father and like since father has passed away, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the mother, I feel like she mother, witch Hannah Waddingham is supposed to have been like, I interpreted her to be their witch matriarch. Mm-hmm. For a Do long you time. think Disney as Disney plus is planning a spinoff series with those three girls and Hannah Waddingham is like a, Seven a sixteen hundreds Disney Plus it. eight episode Disney I'd Plus watch it, special 100%. Mother Witch teaching that makes Tiny total Bette sense Midler. to me. That makes total sense to me. Oh oh, the three Bet Midler girls. No, sorry, I thought you're talking about uh, Becca, Izzy, and Cassie in present day. Oh, with they're Hannah definitely Waddingham. setting that up. But I was okay. wondering if maybe maybe it'll be okay. We said we were going to save our pitches for Hocus Pocus three till the end, but now <laughs> we're, we're on a roll. Maybe it will be an eight episode series and it's like a par- parallel storyline so it's mother witch teaching the three little girls in 1600s flashback while we're seeing mother witch teach the modern day teenage girls we're seeing the parallels i mean that'd be a fun way to get both you know yeah. you get you get yeah. a version of the sanderson sisters without having to recast exactly and you get yeah because really. bet midler and sarah jessica parker they're not coming back for not for a TV episode show. Disney Plus series. No, 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 no. No, I think that's a great idea, and I would absolutely watch that. All right, Disney, hire us to write it, please. Yeah. <laughs> we're ready. We're, we're here. Ready we're ready to rock. Um. Okay, we're back into 2022, 29 years after. Which reading that too, like I, I'm glad we got it this year. But you were just one way, one year yeah, away from hitting. The I thought three that zero. too. You know, what a like strange choice, right? Thirty just sounds so much better. Twenty nine years say after. Thirty in the thing who do cares they? are people no they do say 29 but i'm saying they could have just fudged it were people going to call them out on it yeah <laughs> right? i literally like, i'll and believe they're in next year you i know, knew but... rationally there was that long ago but it didn't feel that long ago and when when gilbert says 
29 years ago, the someone lit the black belt. And I was like, 29 years ago? Holy moly. That was the first time, because we hadn't seen the adult Sanderson sisters yet. That was the first time it sunk into me that I'm like, oh, shit. That was forever ago. They that was my lifetime ago. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. I was literally that three-year-old. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. wow. 29 years ago, we meet Gilbert. 29 years later, we meet Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and tells, you know, recounts the original story, Black Flame Candle, talks about virgins. And then we meet Becca and Izzy. And by connection, they're estranged friend Cassie. And these are now our new trio. And I love that, like, right away, like we talked about earlier, that this is now a town that loves, you know, Sanderson sisters and witchy. Like, the gift shop of the Sanderson household of the first movie has now fully just become an occult witch shop (laughs) but like this is where you can get your herbs and your you know your crystals Mm -hmm. and your candles and like it's it's beyond souvenirs and we are now fully embracing the 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 practice of it you know yes true is that in line with what salem is i was about to ask if that's how salem actually is because that is kind of how i imagine it which is i think even more even more fun, like a, mm-hmm. the, how the journey has is, is gone through. I was thinking about how, because this movie was filmed in Rhode Island instead of on location in Salem, right. which is a shame, I think, because I think we all feel like the actual personality of the town Salem and the nature and its whole vibe just comes through really well in the first movie. And I wondered if I was like, I wonder if Salem in the early 90s was just a little bit more of like a sleepy town where, you Maybe. know. A Disney production could just kind of roll in pretty casually because like, yeah, there's ghost tours and witch tours and stuff, but there's, I don't know, there's ghost tours and witch tours in St. Augustine, Florida, but you know, it's it's also like totally sleepy. And I wonder if now with the original movie, you're probably like being not unrelated to this, if it's just become a lot more active with, I just feel like witch culture is a little bit more mainstream now than it was then, which which plays into the plot of this movie. But I also wonder if it plays into just like a their depiction of Salem, and you know, b that it was occurring to me because I wonder if it plays into the actual like production challenges. I was like, why didn't they go back to Salem? Because obviously that would have been their their first choice. Yeah, I then. think that would have been just a hard production to actually yeah. film Hocus Pocus two within the town of Salem. I think you would have been mobbed with. <laughs> It would have been impossible to rope that off. It is yeah. my assumption because, yeah, I think the best movie and things like Bewitched, the TV show, have all made Salem this like really fun witch town. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all helped the lore of the town. Well, I can weigh in on our to to switch gears here. I can weigh in on our little central trio of teen girls, Please which do. I think yeah. is like a really nice setup. Again, I don't know if the payoff is like fully there for their sort of emotional storyline. But I like the setup of three girls that grew up being best friends. One of the girls gets a boyfriend and that that just sort of unintentionally makes things awkward. And I think it's a very realistic setup that it's not that the girl with the boyfriend was trying to snub her friends. And it's not that the friends were trying to snub Cassie. It just like all their wires got crossed. It was a confusing time and none of them quite know how to parse it. And I thought that was a nice little realistic yeah, set up for the three girls to have. So that yes. was a nice little touch. All yeah. of my friendships that ended in high school be- ended because each of us felt that the other one no longer wanted to be friends with mm-hmm. us because of misunderstanding. So this totally resonated yeah, with me. Yeah, this tracks. Yeah, very cute. It does. It feels to me like parts of this were also maybe left on the cutting room floor. Like it feels like there should have been more Cassie. There should have been more Cassie and her boyfriend or mm-hmm. yeah. 
like everything in this movie, it's like it's not quite 100% there, but the pieces yeah. are enough there that as a yeah. children's movie I'm watching on a Tuesday night, I'm totally happy with it. I feel like, like we got more of Cassie's boyfriend than we got of Cassie. Mm-hmm. As in more memorable moments. I can think yes. about all the funny little hijinks that her boyfriend got into. But I think when I think yes. of Cassie, it's largely just been on the outside of Becca and Izzy. Yeah, it's true. He had more memorable moments. Although at the same time, you'd say like he had almost no plot function at all. Except be, to be yeah. like, yeah, the thing that drove them apart, kind of. He was also, I was expecting him to be more in the movie, but in his first scene in the like chem lab or whatever, I was like, this guy is in a different movie than Becca is, and he's in a, <laughs> he's playing a much broader style of comedy than she is. Yeah, I, I'd say similarly, like I liked the idea of the protagonists. I would say they didn't really like hit me hard in the emotions or anything. Not that I need them to hit me hard, but but I'd say something about them just like never quite like stuck to me. Yeah, that's fair. They're a little on the glossy Disney Channel side, I would say, than the fully realized quirky side. Yeah. I like the twist that we start to get. I think as we were starting to say, um, Maybe we've started to say a couple of times in this episode, they are interested in which culture specifically. Yes. Um, unlike Max in the first movie, who's very like, I hate Halloween. I hate all this Salem stuff. They are like, as many young women are very like, they, they sort of like identify with which culture and having one of them sort of start to manifest powers. That is a cool new dimension to the movie. Although I would say. I it's a it's one of the things in the movie that I wish they had taken further or like stuck the landing on more. Mm-hmm. And I think they yeah. went out in in surprising ways. They really went pushed it further than I thought. Thinking about like we we're talking about earlier with Disney being more spooky. Mm-hmm. I can't remember in the first one. I mean, they made devil jokes here and there, like mm-hmm. that's the master. And this one, they directly like made references to like Lucifer, and we are going to like that, yeah, like he and is the Christianity, one we, and yeah. And, yeah, and I just, thought like, wow, this like would not have flown. I feel like really maybe any of the twenty nine years between Hocus Pocus and this one, but we are now in a weird, not weird, a wonderful little renaissance of like which culture that like mm-hmm. it could even make it into a Disney Plus show that we're like, yeah, we have characters that straight up. Honor Lucifer, you know, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, they that's... do kind of make the joke that he says she said Satan, but she said she said Satan the uh, oh vegan, yes, they do. Vegan yes. Food. the vegan food item. So they're kind of winkingly doing it. I think. I think I was thinking more later with with actually Bette Midler and the the sisters, like mm. actually like. Well, see, I think the bad witches can worship Lucifer. I'm not sure Disney's mm. on the level of. The good teen girls Everyone can worship Lucifer. Is. That might be. I, a I think we are right far. there. So yeah. we have to wait show. another twenty nine years. Yeah, I wish that the witchy. I mean, this is generally like I wish that her witchy powers had manifested in some other way than like having shields and laser beams because mm-hmm. it was very superhero. Yes, I mean, yeah. I don't want to take us back to Marvel, but that that was my complaint about WandaVision too. Is I'm like, it's basically just shields and laser beams is the powers we have, right? Like, yeah, that's it. I, I like a which culture as i understood in the 90s which was usually about i don't know horrible transformations and uh like like possessions and love potions and things like that mm. and uh so See, that's, you are not watching enough charmed ned because i do think some <laughs> of this I, charms wasn't exactly was doing shields and laser beams but it was closer to that than there's a lot of fireballs mm-hmm. fireballs vague levitation 
yeah some force fields here and there yeah i just want i was i'm just always like sort of clamoring in this for like more halloweeny shit mm. and i don't count the shields and laser beams as halloweeny they don't have that vibe to me they gotta shoot spider webs spider webs would be <laughs> good bats. man i love okay, that you guys are literally describing spider-man we can't get away <laughs> is wow. spider-man a halloween icon and we've just never realized never it before fully realized. literally dresses up in honor of a spider and shoots spider webs spider-man's a very popular halloween costume True. i was spider-man a few years ago i was a spider-man many years ago like i've never been maybe 25. that was my year maybe, maybe that was your time. my year <laughs> Uh, it's also it was also the time for Becca and Izzy to bring back the sisters by lighting inadvertently the black flame candle that Gilbert so helpfully makes them makes for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Gilbert had good intentions, but my man really messed up. I thought this was an interesting angle. This is the other thing. And actually, I think the one that persistently stick with, sticking with me the most of like, I just happen to think that kind of plot of like. He was brought in kind of Renfield like to think that the witches were like he tricked these teenagers and endangered them and the entire town and the entire town because of his like misguided belief that the witches were were good or would bring him. I mean, it's almost a villain origin story, but then he ends up being a buddy. Yeah. And then I just think like I thought that was an interesting setup Then in the back half of the movie like got a little bit lost for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the sort of wrinkle of like when they realize like he intentionally gave them a black flame candle to like trick them into bringing back the Sanderson kiss sisters. That was a cool moment in my mm-hmm. mind. I was like, I leaned in then. I was like, Oh, this I didn't expect. And then they really leaned back out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Yeah. We could have had evil just... Gilbert. I would have been about it, you know, but yeah, I Renfield thought arc. Partway through, I was like, maybe he's going to get like an Indiana Jones style, like comeuppance and like be turned into a chair or something. Or a cat. <laughs> or a cat. Oh, he they could have been the turned, new cat. They could have turned Sam Richardson into a cat. That was a funny Sam Richardson cat. Yeah. Huh. Again, get us in there for Hocus Pocus 3. Like, <laughs> it's right there. There definitely, I think, is an angle of like not all witches to Hocus <laughs> Pocus 2, right? And that they're. Like, I think what you said earlier is right, Ned, that Gilbert is like, well, obviously, people that were condemned as witches were not really witches, so it's cool to bring them back. And then the movie's like, oh, no, they are evil, but don't worry, other witches can be good. These three witches just happen to also be evil. Yes. But these sweet teenage girls who are also, you know, witches and burgeoning witches, they're good and nice. So you got all all kinds in in the witch world. Which I appreciate. They bring the Sanderson sisters back. Big musical number. Mm-hmm. which that was, let me say, that was the moment i was like oh <laughs> the movie recovered but there was a good 30 seconds where i was like oh no is this about to fully go off the rails i had the same thought <laughs> it doesn't work great the first musical number does it not doesn't work even work a little bit i mean it's mm-hmm. kind of funny when the girls are like who are you even singing to and then there's the yeah they and the jump barely but... saves it a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, I like that. Who are they who are you performing? Who are they performing for? You. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good good jump scare. But it I would say this was a real like my brain was like red alert, red alert. Oh no, I don't know <laughs> oh, if I can no. do an hour of this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But then Give it ended out. up just being like a weird blip and not representative mm-hmm. of the rest. Yeah. The yeah, very much like a back. Christmas special of, of <laughs> yeah. like of like Star Wars, you know, they're all like singing like very like meta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is our back. 
Well, they are back and uh, they find Becca and Izzy. Um, Becca and Izzy trick them into saying, oh, no, we're we, we can do children's souls and ointments. Let's go to a Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun fish out of water scene in mm-hmm. the Walgreens, yep. which I, I really love liked. Kathleen and Jimmy playing with the Korean face mask. That was the whole day. <laughs> and then she goes, the face it's of a, a baby. The face of a baby. <laughs> the face, face of a, a child. child. And then, I laughed hard at it. It was great. What is great so funny gag. to me throughout this movie, and I think throughout the first one, is they are on the one hand these kind of scary, all powerful, evil beings, and on the other hand are the three most gullible human beings alive. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell them anything, and they just immediately believe it. I think it's a very fun. It's very fun, like children's logic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of, like you're playing a game and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's not the rule. The rule is this. And and you just kind of have to roll with the rule changes. Yes. Yeah. Something about it's like, they're going to kill the kids. The kids are like, well, we're not kids. We're 40. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, if you're 40, then we won't eat you. <laughs> and then, and they're like, we'll come get these ointments. It has children. And they're like, well, okay. If it has children in it, then I guess we'll just go with you. Or later when Becca tricks them with just like a little half bottle of water saying it's the last of the potion they need and they just immediately like believe whatever anyone says to them this feels to me like a cousin of the very successful humor and tone balance in scooby-doo when scooby-doo is really hitting where it's about like it's about like in a kid's way like the scariest thing you can imagine and it's like we've got this horrible otherworldly being and they usually trick it by being like it comes through and, you know, Scooby-Doo is like, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to an Italian restaurant. And he's like, we have your table right here, sir. Yeah. The monster's like, what? And it goes and sits down. And then like, <laughs> they do that for a bit until the monster realizes like, wait a minute, this is an Italian restaurant. So that's like a funny, I think that like the game they play with Hocus Pocus 1 and with this one is like, make them really scary and menacing. And once you've established them, like just also make them like extremely funny, like dolts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're really stupid. <laughs> yeah. But in the best way. And th- I think that this is where you're really feeling like I don't know how many how many just trio of actors could just sell a like 10 minute Walgreens ad and make it funny throughout, <laughs> but Yeah. I'll be darned if Bette Midler and SJP and Kathy and Jimmy are not like really getting genuine laughs out of me in this whole Walgreens bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that was peak like- of the movie for me. I think you're right. It's really good like it's fish out of water, but it's not just it's not like, oh, a bus again, you know? It's like, it's a new thing they didn't do in the first one. Like You're shocked just, by sliding doors. Mm-hmm, sliding doors. and Yeah, and it just feels like- Selfies. I don't even know, like, I don't know if they came up with bits, but even just in the performance of what goes on in there, it feels like they were given, like, just the right amount of, like, loose rein to, like, ad-lib with each other and vibe. Um, and yeah. Yeah, the selfies, the idea that, like, there's a filter- Makes them think they're beautiful. Yeah, and they exactly. Look at a, a distorted <laughs> Walgreens mirror and that Midler's like. <laughs> There's such silly jokes, but I really think it's just such a specific performance level they have to operate on to sell this, to be mm-hmm. campy and self-aware, but not, but also be deeply invested in it, you know, like mm-hmm. fully invested in the performance. Like it's quite a fine line and they all walk it as well now as they did like 29 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think like, as I mentioned, my sort of complaint about the energy, the sort of just like madcap energy level being down because like Sarah Jessica Parker being like, she was 28 then and she's 57 now. And, you know, Bette Midler is in her seventies, but, uh, but like, you're right that like the commitment and the craft is like, that's still there in the performances. 
For sure. For sure. Keep the, keep the train going. I want to keep you guys all night, but we are now, we'll blow over this part because this is everyone's just playing hot potato now. We're figuring out where the sisters mm-hmm. are, where the three new girls are. And eventually we all end up back at the Sanderson sisters house slash Gilbert's witch shop. Mm-hmm. And Becca and Izzy get trapped in a basement um, by the sisters as they go off and hunt for the mare. Found out a descendant of John Pritchett, the colonial man, pioneer mm-hmm. man that was very mean to them before. Trask, the Reverend, the Reverend Trask. Exactly. So they're off doing that. Gilbert's off finding ingredients for this bell for Magica Maxima. Magica mm-hmm. Maxima. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're trapped in a basement, which is another fun like proof that witchcraft is now welcome here because they get little like mm-hmm. they're in spooky leaves. tea leaves i can't remember what it was but it like works <laughs> like mm-hmm. are reunited with billy butcherson because gilbert digs him up to get his head great mm-hmm. to see him wonderful to see him talks yes. right out the gate kind of disarming and they go off on a little journey to find more ingredients i also love that the ingredients like don't really have to be the ingredients to still work like, <laughs> yeah he gets a spider get, toy yeah, instead of a like the book spider. is like yeah good enough big fan of that we're going through uh, and I feel like a lot of this part we're getting into, like, is all around that carnival. Yeah. The kind of the big carnival. That's where we get we get Tony Hale waiting for his mm-hmm. caramel apple. I think, uh, yeah, a sign that the plot gets a little too muddy around here is the fact that I was like, okay, the mayor is at the carnival, and then he goes back to the house, uh-huh. and then he goes back to the carnival, and then he goes yeah. back to the house again. And, like, none of that entirely is clear, like, like what – that that to me is just a sign, like, things are not are not – quite clear enough here mm-hmm. right but it does feel like the carnival especially is building up to what we all knew was coming which is like a big musical moment mm-hmm. for right. them which it was a fun introduction because it, it is a sanderson sister costume contest mm-hmm. i liked that they don't yes. win which is really fun <laughs> yes <laughs> and i just gotta say it's homophobic that the drag queen sanderson sisters also don't win because if you look at the, the drag of the people who do win oh yeah it's like oh no the, it's the, night and day the like RuPaul's Drag Race stars mm-hmm. in their costumes are clearly the best ones on the stage besides the original, maybe even more so. So I was like, okay, well, we see that the town of Salem homophobia is still alive. <laughs> still otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they clearly would have won. Well. I like right before they announced the winner when SJP is just like, look surprised, look surprised, look surprised. <laughs> she has a lot of good little like background bits. Yes. That really which, made me laugh. Yeah. Which she did in the first one too. Yeah. She's, she's, she's still got it. Um, what did you guys think of this song choice one way or another? Thumbs up from Ned. Thumbs up from Ned. I was lukewarm. I don't know. I was a little mixed as well. I wasn't, I wasn't ex- like the first one is such a, like a duh. Like I put a spell mm-hmm. on you. It's like a perfect. I knew it had to be something like, but not the same as. Yes. It had to be a classic hit that people would know that could, that had a sort of a spooky sound to it. I think it would be better if this plot was really like clearly about trying to get someone. Mm. When I actually, you couldn't quite say what this plot's about. It's about uh, trying to get their youth back, but then also trying to figure out a spell and then trying to it's do like the trying spell. to get the reverend. I would say if you had to describe it, but that doesn't necessarily yes. feel. Yes, that I think palpable. it's because them in that moment, it's about going to find the reverend. But then, like that's such a small part of the plot, and the fact that it is then ultimately abandoned, I think, makes that. But I thought the song was good, and I like the inclusion of 
the sort of large dancing mob, like the, the dancing mm-hmm. mob was fun. The sort of like coordinated dances as they like stalk down the street. It was very that, thriller, you know. Like, yes, very yeah. thriller. Definitely felt like thriller nods. And to me, this this is the movie doing like doing what I'm looking for it to do, which is it's playing the hits. It's giving you a thing you remember and wanted again from the first movie, which is the singing. But they brought some new element in, which mm-hmm. is the uh, this time the mob is not just dancing to distraction. They're actually being used as a weapon and it adds a kind of a new bit of visual interest. And that to me is like the movie at its best is like doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish all of it had felt like uh, they did the old thing and they brought something, a new cool innovation to it. I think this, I think the song choice is like really close. Like when they started, I was like, this makes sense. I almost wonder if they mm-hmm. should have done a mashup with something else though, mm-hmm. because I feel like part of what makes I put a spell cool. on you work is that it's a little more of like a torch song that Bette Midler can really show off on. And I feel like one way or another does not have that same energy exactly. Mm-hmm. And I wanted mm-hmm. it to become a little more of her, her, you know, nightclub performance energy. Yeah. And I was missing that element. I also think one way or another, to me, that's just like a song that's been claimed cinematically by Coyote Ugly. So I can't have it associated with two movies. Uh, So that was just obviously they should have thought of that when they were (laughs) choosing songs. I agree with that. I agree with that. But yeah, I was trying to think if there, I don't know what I would have offered as a different, it's like very close. It's not totally wrong. I just feel like it's like, there's like 20% off that it could have been like a Pat Benatar or a Joan Jett or something. I think less rock and more like, I mean, I put a spell on you is kind of an old song, right? Yeah. 40s standard, like something of that era almost. But it's got to have that like big energy. Like a lot of the jazz standards I think of from that are a little more like low key. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it kind of, it might've been kind of interesting to have her do a kind of a creepy, like creepy stormy weather or like creepy unforgettable or like only you. And you alone. So I don't know, something like that. But that's 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 not the direction they wanted to go with it. I liked what they did with the scene. But I like I you know, I feel what you're saying about like wanting it to just go that like twenty percent more. Give us I agree. Bet, a little more bet vocals. Mm-hmm. But the bet will, look, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say for this part too, as much as the I think we are all in agreement that the mayor like plot line doesn't work, I did consistently laugh at tony hale doing weird yeah. things and being very funny in the part where later on the flash mob or whatever the the dancer the enchanted dancers catch up with him and he interprets it as a flash mob and like is so <laughs> excited to be in yes a flash mob that was really like he really is selling things that aren't even really jokes but he is making them feel like jokes yes his performance is really funny it's why i feel like i wish that that plot had been i don't know just like pointed in a clearer direction yeah Maybe he will come back in the Hocus Pocus two point five yeah. Disney Plus show. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance they would want to do that. I mean, he's Cassie's dad, so <gasps> yeah. Maybe yeah. he'll end up. Maybe he can have a romance with Hannah Waddingham. That would be fun. That would be, oh, wonderful! He is Cassie's dad, which brings us to the next point, which the the Sanderson sisters find out they don't need necessarily need the blood of him. They just need a descendant, which is Cassie. They after some salt hijinks, we get. We snatch up Cassie and bring her to the woods. And this reunion is interrupted by Becca and Izzy and Gilbert and Billy, who uh, Billy has been tricked by Gilbert into collecting all these ingredients. And we also learn we kind of we haven't quite acknowledged fully that, like, I don't know how I feel about Billy's super objective. This whole movie is just to not be associated with 
having been in a relationship with yeah that you know what i mean that like didn't really work for me didn't I work wasn't for me quite sure what they were even trying to do i guess just give him something to do it literally felt like a non-traditional gender arrangement of like like a slut shaming yes yeah but i gotta say yes he's like everyone said i like made up with, with her but i women. actually but i actually only ever kissed her one time and so it felt it felt like they were doing like a I'm going to set the historical record straight so you are no longer slut-shamed by... <laughs> by <the laughs> well, what's confusing is that I feel my memory of the first one is that the tension is that it's presented that he was the lover of Winifred, but then hooked up with Sarah Jessica Parker, and that's right. why he gets Sister punished. Sarah. This movie yeah. definitely clarifies he didn't hook up with Winifred, but the question of whether he hooked up with SJP is just never addressed. Still up, still out. So did he actually date her? Was that a like good actual relationship? Like, I just feel like there's more questions Billy needed to have answered before he disappeared from this movie. Agreed. We had the one aside from Miss Sarah Jessica Parker that like he was my love, mm-hmm. and then Bette Miller said that was just a fling. Yeah, we need more. We need more. There is a juicy Disney Plus show of just their (laughs) love triangle. Mm. And there's the horniness that we were waiting for. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I liked that little triangle angle in the first movie. I wouldn't say that they did a... I didn't say that. I I would say I didn't love what they did with it here. I agree. But back to the the spell. They gathered all the ingredients. They cast the spell. And we learned the cost of the spell is that you have to give up what you love most in order to be able to come all powerful. And in a twist of fate, she loses her two sisters. And it's a very, I thought pretty heartbreaking Sad. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like really sold. This was, this was really beautiful. Yeah. Um, this like really elevated the movie for me because the whole time I was watching, I think what I had been missing was the sort of wistful quality you get from the Thackeray Binks character who is like it's very haunting that he had this like tragedy happen hundreds of years ago he's been trapped as a cat he can never die like I always remember that scene where Danny's like I'll look after you and then my children will look after you and then their (laughs) children will look after you it's like very melancholy Mm -hmm. and I felt like this movie was as we keep saying a little more of that pristine Disney quality but the sister is fading away and Bet's like genuine, like real sadness over that was hitting those like Thackeray Binks notes. And really, I think if the if the movie didn't have this ending, I don't think I would have been as like overall fond of it as I was. I agree. Yeah, yeah they really do sell that. And in such a way that like going back to what I was saying earlier, that these are like full characters instead of like one, mm-hmm. note, you know, kind of archetypes that like can sing and dance, but also want world power <laughs> this is a moment like where she like gives it up right as soon as she gets yeah. all the power she like immediately like no reverse it and then we the got this is too great i never thought i would cry over a book crying you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah i love this? the thing with book that's that's another right? beat right before that it works when becca says like you have a decision i'm talking to the book mm-hmm. and bet like watches the book like choose becca and slowly float the shot of of Winifred watching the book like go away from her. There's some good bed acting going on. There's some great bed acting. Well, it's such a credit to be able to take a character who's larger than life and not lose that, but also find humanity in it. That's like Mm -hmm. quite an acting challenge. I would say that's way harder than just straight up playing drama, playing drama within comedy. That's like next level. And I think she does it really well. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a credit to her and the, and the, you know, the directing and the writing on, on some of those like final, final moments. Cause yeah, they, they hit hard. It's, it's interesting. Like 
like what to do with. It feels like that's a moment they like, I think we talked about the possibility that the Sanderson sisters would actually just be the heroes of this movie. And they could make a choice of like, no, they're still villains, but it feels like that final act is when they, that final act and the way it relates back to the prologue is the way in which this movie chooses to lean into in some ways, the fact that they are functionally that you sort of root for the Sanderson sisters. Like you do like them, Mm -hmm. even though they need to be stopped. Yeah. And you want them to be together. Mm -hmm. And they have this, this pathos and they're going off to, I don't know which heaven, which heaven, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just all go to hell together. Um, <laughs> from which they can never be called back unless uh, there's enough demand for a hocus pocus three. <laughs> a film, not a series, but yeah. a film. Yeah, we'll see. Which I'm all about. Yeah, beautiful little moment. She decides. Yes, yeah, she she can't. They can't come back to her. She will go to them, and she like accepts it. She's like, yeah, as long as I get to be with them, like beautiful little moment mm-hmm. then the uh we get a goodbye with billy they're like don't worry billy we won't tell anybody that you kissed her and he's like <laughs> and then he's all has this moment of like thank you the um, moment we really needed after the beautiful bet sister moment it's like well what we're really great we'll really <laughs> cap this off is <laughs> It's really just like clearing Billy's name of a storyline we have all been so invested in across the 30 years. Oh my God. Strange choices. Very strange choices. I didn't need him um, to be an emotional figure. I really just needed him to be a slapstick (laughs) zombie. That's all I needed. But Uh, So the girls then decide to give the book a new home and continue practicing magic. And they walk off into the moonlight in the similar way that the Sanderson sisters do. They do that weird side-to-side walk. I love that. Yeah, cute. Really cute. Little bird comes down. We know that's Mother Mother Witch. And then Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the the end of the movie. Hocus Pocus 2, baby. That's Hocus Pocus 2. And then we get, well, at the end of the credits, we do get one final little thing where we see uh, Thackeray Banks... 2.0 2.0 cat finding another black candle mm-hmm. made two. So after a strange non non canonical studio recording of the witches are back, <laughs> right? <Whatever laughs> it is. Which I, I I will say I was glad they did that. The song sounds way better in that context than in their mm-hmm. little forest performance, and it, it that does. was delivering a little bit of those that vocals I was missing from one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. I was like, okay, they've served me in that area. Maybe we just need the Sanderson sisters sing studio album. I mean, shit, this whole, like, I thought the reason they cast Hannah Waddingham in this was because she's also a big West End people. I was, or she's, big West yeah. End star. I was like, okay, so there'll, there'll be some sort of like sing off where it's like the Sanderson sisters versus her. Like, I was really expecting this whole thing to be a musical and it was and was not in confusing ways. Yeah. Caroline, I'm so glad you brought that up because last year for our hocus pocus episode we all mm-hmm. made predictions of what we thought the hocus pocus movie would be I'm and one, so excited to hear what these were <laughs> and one of ned's predictions were we were going to have a dueling banjos mm. sort of situation mm-hmm. of two of the new elder witch is what we were calling her at this time against uh that midler we had cast the elder witch as jennifer hudson at the time uh-huh. that's right but hannah waddingham i think would have been such a wonderful treat, but yeah. no singing. Nothing. I still think sing off. I still think that sing off would have been a good idea. You were onto something there, Ned. This movie desperately needed a sing off. I agree. Doctor Strange had a music fight that I loved. It was they awesome. should have just done that for this. <laughs> just do it again. Just do it again. I'm not sick of it. Hell no. What else did we say, Caroline? You were big on having a new trio of evil witches that were more evil oh. than because well, we all love to get on me. The- 
Sanderson's side, which in a way we did get the, a different trio, but they weren't. They were the good trio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also wanted uh, Danny to come back and be the cool aunt and yeah. babysit Allison and Max's kids for a vacation weekend. And and now we know that we almost did. Get that. <laughs> almost did. But it could have been it. Caroline, you wanted there to be a zombie romance with Billy. Oh, we got the opposite of that. We got the removal of a zombie romance. (laughs) The the super objective was for him to say there was no romance. Yeah. You wanted actors from High School Musical, Uh the series. It sounds like something I would say. (laughs) To join in this movie, uh, to maybe play someone like Thackeray, if we're recasting, Mm, if we're going to have them. Also, Olivia Rodrigo slash Bette Midler to have a duet together. Well, I have no memory of saying that, but it sounds great. So I'm on board with my my. <laughs> I think it would have been fun. <laughs> you stand with all of our ideas. We're great ideas. So far, yeah. Um, Ned, on to you. You wanted the mm-hmm. dueling banjos. You also wanted to bring back Max, Danny, and Allison. I think we all wanted Danny, but we would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have settled with just Max. Okay. That did not <laughs> I play. We did not get any of that. Didn't get any of that. Uh, you Scrubs also were record. going on the about Danny's kids, wanted, thinking that would be the through line that connects mm-hmm. the two movies. You already mentioned in this episode, more Halloween imagery, more something, more mm. creatures, yeah. mummies, something, which is the yeah. same. I think we got less in this movie instead of more. I uh, see. That's the wrong direction. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. You wanted a Thackeray 2.0, which we kind of got. We got just another black cat. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. You were also optimistic about the the idea of exploring the horror of cat birth <laughs> because that <laughs> was more cat for longer than human and it would have uh-huh. been a great plot point to explore what would Thackeray Banks <laughs> yo I, what's going on in my head now should I say what's in my head right yeah. now yeah please it's bad should I say it yeah did he did he ever 300 years did he ever have, have sex cats. With other Thanks. cats? With other cats? We don't know. That's yeah, the cat horror man. I think you wanted to explore. I mean... Maybe he was too traumatized oh by, God. like, all the cats I know die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how Edward Cullen, like, really didn't have a relationship until he dated a teenager and mm-hmm. Bella Swan. So maybe Thackeray was, like, saving himself for the right teenage cat. He's like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a human living in, a, like, a centuries-long human lifespan, and all of my community in parentheses cats are all dead within 20 years it's horrifying to witness but still to be alive for 300 years and be like yeah it would a be a long you would see come and go but wouldn't like, yeah god and then all your children would die you'd have to watch all of your little kittens yeah girl let's not think about it i'm sure he just uh, <laughs> well, he we were thinking about a, it a year ago he lived as an outsider he was neither cat nor human he was a, <laughs> he was just a, a tortured lonely ghost and finally, you said you wanted many musical numbers. So we did get more musical we numbers. Got two. But I, I'm still here being like, if you do three, just more. Mm-hmm. Find a way that like, find a way to make it like five to seven. It's just a full musical at that point. Yeah. I mean, why uh, not? Yep, That's yep. okay. I'm, fine I'm surprised with that. there's not a hocus pocus like stage play. Yeah. Or at least like a Disneyland, a Disney World performance show or something. Yeah. I think it's I'm, around the corner. I do, I, I, I do as well. I mean, like, there's Shrek, there's Elf, there's Mean Girls. Yeah. Heathers, The Notebook. We've gotten Heathers before Hocus Pocus. Big Fish. These are all, like, in the last, like, mm-hmm. 10 years. I mean, come on. How far away can Hocus Pocus We just Pocus got be? Beetlejuice, you know? Oh, it's, yeah. That's right. Close. You're right. And Beetlejuice, like, pandemic aside, was, I thought, pretty, like, well-liked, right? Oh, it was mm-hmm. a huge hit. Yeah. So people 
Broadway producers prior to now have looked at Beetlejuice and said, what's kind of like Beetlejuice from the same era? And they've come to the same conclusion. I think we probably did last year and said, this is a little Beetlejuice adjacent. Yeah. Oh, and the music number is right in there. Mm-hmm. The community here in New York would, or anywhere, any theater community would would eat that up mm-hmm. to play yeah. any of the Sanderson sisters in a Hocus Pocus stage play. Is oh, like, man. it's right there. Yeah. Who would be, Patty LuPone feels like she's right there. <laughs> Sure. Right there. She'll do it. Yeah. Analia Ashford as Sarah. Oh, yeah. Analia Ashford as Sarah. That's perfect. I'm sort of out of the Broadway loop. I don't know. That's that's why I'm like, I don't know who anyone is. Broadway can, Bernie Telsey can handle the rest. Yeah, sure. On to the predictions. My, I didn't have that many. You Mm -hmm. guys, you really took it. I I appreciate that. Ran with it. (laughs) For mine, I thought Danny would inadvertently bring back the sisters to just to say, see Mm -hmm. Bakery once more. Mm-hmm. Um, oh that's good i, that I remember that good. it was like she'd unlock a spirit portal yeah from seeing thackeray and that's when they would come and out nothing. and we got no danny or thackeray which no. honestly mm-hmm. i'm shocked i thought those would be the two that were shoe wins for this yeah one. no thackeray is pretty wild when you think about it i like that they thought the cat was thackeray though and like refused to believe it was just a cat mm-hmm. which yeah i mean the cat was spooky in the, after the credits <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little something i kind of right? thought maybe sp- Cobweb's going to turn and be like, what did you expect? Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> or just like we see like sneakers and skeletons. That's something. That's what I would mm-hmm. like. Yeah. <laughs> and my last thing was just make it more horny. Oh, they went the opposite direction. Did the opposite. So yeah. those were our those were our predictions. Largely unfounded in this one, which is mm-hmm. a shame. But also like we got new surprises in this one yeah. too. I didn't expect a, a really endearing uh, goodbye angle between th- three of them. That was really nice. Yeah, yeah, and three three nice new teen witches. Yeah. And a possibility for more like a show, which brings us to whether it be a Hocus Pocus 3 or a Hocus Pocus Disney Plus show or what or a stage play. What would you like the future of Hocus Pocus to be from here on out? Well, I think our three good witches. Let's go with show first. Okay. And I think for show, I'm thinking you don't get the Sanderson sisters back. Yeah. I think you just expand the universe. First Not thing I gotta say. Uh, okay. Well, maybe I, I liked the kids. Mm-hmm. I like Caroline's suggestion of it being half flashbacks because I also I love period set stuff. I love the idea of it being a show that's set in 2022 and 1653. Yes. That's great to me. But I think what I mean is you don't get Bet, mm-hmm. Sarah, Sarah Jessica, and uh, and Kathy back. But I do think. We have already implied like that this is a world full of many different covens of witches. You know, she says we're the most powerful coven, but they're that means they're they're not the only one. So I think you gotta pit our our three fledgling witches up against some new witches. And I'll just say like this is coming to me right now. It would be funny if it was like a Gen Z versus millennials <laughs> witches battle. <laughs> they meet like Three, like, I don't know, like, jaded 30, mm-hmm. 30 year old witches, and they have to like battle like with the them. cast of girls, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Oh, uh, that would be funny, yeah. I think you could do some fun stunt casting with that. I don't know what it would be, but that's like just like bringing anyone in to play like established witches in this world would be really fun. And do you think um, Mother Witch comes back to be a mentor sort of situation? Oh, wait, what? Yes, I like that idea. I'm like, what if it was like. Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff and someone else, you know, Ashley Tisdale oh, or something. Yeah. That Raven would just be Simone. Raven be Simone. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I also had another just idea. The Cheetah Girls on. versus 
<laughs> the teen witches. Um, I had this idea earlier uh, of what to do with Tony Hale's character. Yes. Is have him get like half possessed by his, by Reverend Hale. Reverend, um, oh, it's so funny. Reverend Hale is a character from Crucible and his name is Hale. Um, Reverend Trask. So you've got him kind of Jekyll and hiding back and forth from nice modern Tony Hale to like mean Puritan 17th century okay. Tony Hale and make him the villain. Yeah. And that's if you fun. were doing the dual timelines, make it so somehow they're switching back and forth. So we get nice Tony Hale in the 1600s, like confused there. Oh. And they can just like switch back. And it's like, whoa, the timelines are connected where the past is Im- impacting the future. This is like uh, Dark, my favorite TV show. Oh, the Netflix show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's a freaking timeline. If we get Hannah Waddingham to come back, mm-hmm. this mentor witch, it would yeah. even be funner because she exists in both. So it wouldn't be just mm-hmm. Tony Hale playing in both timelines. It would also be her. And I think it'd also be interesting because I, I love this angle. I think it'd be really fun doing all this. I also question about the morality of Mother Witch because mm-hmm. we, we when we're introduced to her to the young Sanderson sister, she's like, don't do the spell. But also, like, I eat kids still, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> that's still on the table. So yeah. if she was in which we are given at the end of this movie that she is very much present and implying maybe a mentorship sort of situation, it is she largely given up the children angle? You know, <laughs> where is she at? on this? I mean, it's I guess not. Be... She's still alive 400 years later. So right. So she has not. to be consuming something. Yeah. But it can be like she's mentoring the teens, but they're teaching her right back. And they're like, <laughs> yes. we shouldn't eat children. We need to be we women empower other women. Don't eat children. <laughs> and it's really just like emo- emotional season finale. Everybody's learning a lesson. Everyone learns. Oh, they need to like invent a way. They need to like create a new spell that mm-hmm. allows them to stay alive without hurting anybody. Like a Monsters Inc. kind of thing. Like we don't Just have to like scare it. the kids. Yeah. We yes. can make them laugh. You know, and just because like we've okay. always done it this way doesn't yeah. mean it's the right way. And to figure out the spell, they somehow need to communicate with the three Sanderson sisters in the past, and they can communicate with them through Tony Hale switching back and forth. And then oh. you've got like a season finale, like team up where the witches in the past are teaching the teen girls, and they're everyone's learning together that sounds like the flareverse to me as they were doing yes. that kind of weird weird stuff going on well now i'm experienced like I, I what if there's just like a time portal and they fully switch and the three girls there's That's an ultimate two. fish out season of water. two where they're switching locations and it's like oh my god what are the sanderson sisters gonna do in modern day what are the teen girls gonna do in the 1600s i think we've got that finale you talked about carolina the the season one cliffhanger is them being like that's they get sent back in time and they like they wake up and like a Puritan's like, you're witches you're with, wearing- a, with a dust now. And they go, yeah. oh, no. And then the camera zooms back over the whole village. And then yeah, it yeah, yeah. cuts to black. <laughs> and then, and then, and yeah. Golden. Caroline, is this largely what you had in mind, too? I think, yeah, I think collectively we've 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 settled on a full gamut of predictions. All I mean, right. I'm pretty much just like assuming we're show running this uh, season now. I hope so. You Everything we've said Disney? is copyrighted. I know Disney is <laughs> no listening. No our ideas. <laughs> I was going to say, you listening, Bob Iger? He's not the guy now. He's is not he? the guy anymore. Chapek. You listening, uh, Uh What about what about a Hocus Pocus three where the, the actors come back? Sounds like we need Hocus Pocus cinematic universe. That's true. We get our TV show. We get Hocus Pocus three with the the three ladies coming back. We get a dark and gritty Thackeray Binks spinoff about how he was living as a cat bachelor over those three hundred years. <laughs> Yeah, we got. Yeah. If we're gonna come back, we have to get Thackeray, Danny, mm-hmm. and or Max and Allison, or mm-hmm. all three. We and have to bring out more. Kenny, 
I mean, like no shade to Fletcher, who I think did a great thing here, but like I want I want to see what Kenny does if he's back. Okay, what about for the for the return of Bet and Kathy and Sarah Jessica Barker? What about a hocus pocus Christmas special? Yes. And the Ooh. Sanders and sisters come back, but it's a Christmas time. A yeah. Yule special. They've got a yeah, bring back the spooky old traditions around Christmas. Krampus can be the villain or whatever. <gasps> uh, Expand the holiday reach. Oh, then it could just be a baby. spin-off like Easter hocus pocus special, say Patrick's Day Hocus Pocus special. Hundred percent. Or just do like pagan holidays. Like the, the yeah, solstice yeah. special. You know, the like <laughs> Disney can I, get everybody's money, even the Midsommar pagan. Thing, you know? Hocus Pocus special. I can't tell you the rush I just got from Sanderson Sisters versus Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I hope it happens. Again, we are show running it. We have the power. Mm-hmm. Well, I got we'll Krampus might. opinions, so yeah, let's rock and roll. <laughs> let's, let's jingle bell rock our way all the way there. Bet, give us a call. Oh my god, the Christmas numbers Bet could perform in a in a in a christmas special absolutely oh, man oh man this is getting awesomer every second haunting silent night from sarah getting all the kids yeah. in. oh man oh i'm getting amped about like this. <laughs> bet bet and doug jones doing baby it's cold outside yes <laughs> except she's the more like the person yeah, yeah, i guess yeah, yeah, she's yeah, taking yeah. on the guy's part in that song okay Okay, the gold we just spun in the last 10 minutes. Uh, we I shouldn't even put this podcast out. I'm really no, now. We're I feel like Disney's going to just run with our ideas. Pitch book. Copyright. Uh, happy Hour Story Show. Big uh, Fat Wire Disney, yeah. if you're listening, you have, All rights reserved. you have to call us. Okay? You can't have these ideas for free. <laughs> At the very least, we want to be the opening credits. Yeah. Based on a podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> and cameos. Okay? Cameos. <laughs> Oh man! Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, thank you both for for joining me tonight. Um, talking about some. Oh my gosh! Thank you too. for having us. Um, I don't want to keep you for the full night, but this is a bit of total blast. If we get more hocus pocus, we'd love to guys have you back, and then we can have just a full. We can teach teach a whole class on this for <laughs> the extended universe of hocus Hell pocus. Yeah. Before we go, is there anything you guys would like to plug for your podcast or anything coming up? Yeah, if you want to check out our show, like I said, it's it's Roll Calling, Roll spelled R-O-L-E. We're on uh, both Twitter and Instagram at Roll Calling. And like Ned mentioned, we've covered a bunch of different actors. So if Zac Efron isn't your jam, um, we did a Jamie Lee Curtis series, a James Dean series, a Christian Bale series. We did a special this year on Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to be covering Halloween ends soon. So whatever movie genre you prefer, we, we probably have something uh, on our podcast for you. Personally, I'm at Ned 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 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and I'm at Caroline Sita on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you guys both so much for joining us. And for everybody listening, just a reminder, in addition to the podcast, we also have a book club, Happy Harvest Horror Shows Book Club. To join, just go to anchor.fm slash HHHS slash support. Supporting at any level gets you access this month. For October, we are reading The Halloween Tree, a short, old, good classic. Um, to get us in the spooky season. So thank you both for joining us. Hope to see you more in the future. Maybe this time next year, more Hocus Pocus. At this rate, Disney Plus churning everything out. We'll probably have (laughs) plenty of things to talk about. No doubt. No Um, doubt. But thanks you so much. Have a good night. Have a good spooky season. Thank you. Have a spooky one. Bye. Bye. Bye.